Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. This is Isaiah 63, this is Saul Weinerb, your host for the podcast. Um, we just, in chapter 62, the speaker of 62 was Yeshayahu himself, speaking to the people of Israel and indeed the people of the world regarding um, uh, giving them instruction to never give up on praying for Jerusalem and Zion and rebuilding Jerusalem and Zion throughout the long exile. Now, um, in chapter 63, Ishayahu is still the speaker, and in this, he has a, a, an unusual vision, but one which is highly consistent with many of the things we've learned before. In order to fully understand 63, we need to look back at chapter 34. And I will go back to 34 for a minute and um, uh, read some of it to you in order to fully understand what's going on here. Now, in chapter 34, um, if we, it was uh, talking about a vision of the future time, and it was a time when when God made it clear that those nations that don't uh, humble themselves before God and stop their oppression and, and, and stop their evil ways, that they will be destroyed. And that in the time of redemption, unfortunately, um, along with the wonderful redemption of the peoples that do come back to God, there will also unfortunately be a lot of destruction and death uh, for those that do not, for those that remain in their arrogant ways. Um, representative of those nations in chapter 34 was Edom. Back then in 34, we discussed Edom, and it's important for us to discuss again now why. Edom does not appear often in, in, in Isaiah, but it does appear in several times. The first time Edom appeared... Um, was during the period of the Masaot, the period of the, uh, the burdens, when God spoke to different nations through his prophet and spoke to them about their own particular uh, uh, sins, misdeeds, and how to fix them and what, to some extent, prophecies about their future. But when he talked to Edom, it was in chapter 21, verse 11 and 12, that was Masa Duma, Duma meaning Edom, the burden of Edom, and Edom was the one who asked, Shomer Mami Laila, Shomer Mami Leil, where is God at night? Edom asked the ultimate question. If you're trying to teach us about God, we don't see God. Where is God? Why doesn't he help people that suffer needlessly? And then he answered, Omar Shomer Asa Boker. The Shomer says, Shomer, just like we learned in the last parak, the Shomer are the ones that maintain the faith throughout. The Hifgarati Shomrim, the people that will maintain the faith and, and pray for the rebuilding of Jerusalem, no matter what during the exile, they're the ones that say, also evoke morning will come, but there will also be darkness at night. And then the the um, the prophet instructed Edom, if you do want to ask your question, you can ask, but you should still come, you still return, still return to God and still come to God. 
asking the questions are okay, but Edom did not get the lesson. And as we mentioned throughout the Tanakh, we find that whenever there were attacks against the Jewish people by a powerful nation, Edom, instead of sticking up for the underdog, Edom always allied themselves with the powerful nations, such as Babylon, when they came to destroy the temple, Edom latched on to them, and Rome, in the time of the second um, Chorban, Edom also attached themselves to them. We find that throughout history and throughout Tanakh. So, if um, then we, uh, uh, if when we look at chapter 34, um, God mentions as follows, and, and it's important for us to do this because this is the only way to understand this chapter 63. It says over there, Kirbu Gaim Lishmoab, all you nations come gather around and listen. I'm just going to skip a little. There's anger that God has over all of the nations. And God is inflamed with anger. And, and he's coming to, to destroy and to kill those that are angering God. This is very graphic. Their corpses will be sent. They're gonna, corpses will rot and so on. And the, the, the mountains will flow with their blood and so on. And then it says, "Ki rivsov Hashemayim Charbi, my sword is is not is is not even satisfied. It's my sword is swinging in the heavens. Hine al Edom Tered, it is coming down on the nation of Edom, the nation of Edom who refused to see me. V'al am Charmila Mishpat." Then it continues, "Cherev Ladonai Mala Adam, God's sword is full of blood. Who dashna mechelim midam karim atudim." And so on. Because God is sacrificing Batra, the people of Batra. Batra is the capital, the large city in the land of the Edomites, of Edom. And a great butchery is occurring in Edom. I, I, I want to, uh, uh, as, as, as scary as all that is, um, it continues on uh, the, that entire Parak 34. Um, discussing the, um, the the terrible events of the future. So now, here, uh, in Isaiah 63, he's referring back there. Uh, once It's just a, another occasion, I kind of stopped the last few chapters mentioning this, but this is another occasion where you see the unity of authorship between the so-called first part of Isaiah and the so-called second part of Isaiah, which I've been saying all along isn't really correct way to look at it. But um, so here we go. Verse one. Now, chapter sixty-three. We can understand this. Who is this one? Isaiah now has this vision of God, after having brought about the destruction of Edom as representative of all the nations that remain in their evil ways in the future time. Who is this one coming from Edom? Chamutz bigodim, who is in. In cloth- wearing clothing that are soaked in red, mi Batra, coming from the capital of Edom, the city of Batra, which we just mentioned before in chapter 34. Zehadur this one who is majestic in his clothing, he wears clothing of majesty. So Birov Koho, he is he is girded in his um, in his uh, military uniform with all of his strength. But they're soaked in blood. The image of God coming from that butchery and the slaughter of the nations that we just talked about before. 
Um, this Hador Bilvu show, I just want to remind you, we just had in chapter 59, just a little bit earlier, verse 17, we had that image of God, and um, and during when God said that at that at the time of the redemption there will be terrible destruction of the nations that remain arrogant, but also redemption of the nations that come to God and humble themselves before Him. And um, and we said God dressed up in tzedakah and righteousness like a shiryon, like a like armor, and a helmet of deliverance on his head. However, he also dressed by Yilbash Bigdei Nakam. He also was dressed in clothing of vengeance till Boshes. And he wrapped himself in a cloak of, of, of revenge uh, against the evil. So now God says, Ani midaber. So God answers, Who is this? It is I, Midaber Bitstaka, I who speaks with righteousness, Ravlo Hoshia, and I have, have I, I am strong to bring deliverance. So again, it's this mixed image of being dressed both in the clothing of and garments of, of war and, 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 and slaughter and punishment and vengeance. And also God says, but this is still me. I am still the one who is coming to deliver and redeem. Madua Adom Shecha. So in this vision, Isaiah then says to God, Why is it that your clothing is so red? And your clothing looks soaked with red like someone who was who was uh, crushing grapes in um in a winery. Um uh, and 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 God says, livadi. I was alone, and I had to smash the grapes myself. And from the nations, there was no man with me. This is interesting because looking back at 59, 16, just where we just read 59, verse 17, where we talked about what God dresses in. But over there he says, God saw that there was no man. No man stood with him. And God's saying here again, I had to do this and dress this way in this garments of war because no man got up and did the job for me no one returned these people to my ways and therefore I had to stamp, trample on them with my wrath and I, and I had to um, crush them in my anger and their, their blood splattered all over my clothing, the Egalti, and all of my clothing became became stained with their blood. Kiyomna Kambilibi, because there this is a day in my heart of revenge and Ushnask and the time of my redemption has come. Again, and I looked around and no one helped me. The Eshtomeim. If we go back to that verse before, God said again, and he was in wonder and amazed that no one was stopping the evil from happening. No one was confronting the dishonesty. And God's saying the same thing, the same language. And I was in wonder and amazed. And no one was there to help me by bringing these people back. So my arm, remember that arm that we've said so many times is a symbol of God's deliverance, had to help me so all I had to depend on then was my anger the people didn't come back on their own 
then unfortunately I had to resort to anger. So I trampled people and nations in my anger. And I made them drunk with my rage. And I hurled their 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 netzach, their eternity, into the ground. Those peoples that could have lived forever, those nations that could have been forever, and through the redemption, they were crushed. This is the end of that part of the vision. And then Isaiah goes on and continues to talk um, uh, about making it a little bit more pleasant for a moment. He says, I will talk now about the, the, the uh, kindness that God bestowed upon us. I will mention praises of God. God wasn't just angry, like I've told you about before, but there are so many good things He's done for us over the years. For like all of those things that God has done for us over the years, Israel. He's done so much good for the house of Israel. Things that He has given us and done for us with all of His mercy and all of His kindness. And God said, Ach ami heima, they are my nation. Banim lo yishakeru, they are my children. They will, not, they will not be dishonest with me. If I'm good to them, then they will be good. So I did so many things for them. So God decided to save us. So we're going back to the time of our redemption from Egypt and God establishing us in the land of Israel and giving us everything that we could possibly ever need or want. In all of their sufferings, He was there suffering with us. And the angel of God's presence saved them. So we were there in Egypt and God saved us because He loved us and He had mercy upon us. That's why He redeemed us and He took them out, took the people out and He carried us throughout all of the days. However, what did He get back? They rebelled against Him. And they made his Holy Spirit upset with them. And he, they, they, um, then so then he became almost like an enemy, and he had to go war against them. He had to punish them. And then they remembered the days. The people remembered those days. The days when Moshe, our leader Moses, led his nation. And the people thought, where is this? Where is Moshe? Where is our leader who took us out of the sea at Ro'etzono? The one who, who shepherded his sheep. Because you know, um, the image of Moshe being the shepherd of the Jewish people and leading them out of Egypt. Where is the one who brought God's holy presence into the people? Through, by, by bringing his, his, his Torah into us and by bringing the, God's tabernacle and His presence into our nation. Where is He? The people start looking, where is Moshe who helped save us? Molichli min Moshe. The one who, who um, made His, his, his Zerua Tifarto, the one who, who, um, who carried uh, to the right of, of Moshe his, his strong arm, uh, uh, His glorious arm, Bokea Maimipnehem. The one, the God who Moshe uh, um, brought down to us, and he, he he split the sea in front of the people. La um, to give make such a uh, a reputation that would last forever. and he brought them our forefathers through the depths of the sea like a like a um 
just like a horse running in a dry path in the desert, we went through the sea, Kabahema Babikotari, and I'm at verse 14. Just like an animal that runs in the valley, a dry valley, we ran through the sea, Ruach Adonai Tinichenu. We were led by the Spirit of God. So you led our nation, Lasos Lachashem Tifaris, to make you a glorious name. And then he turns to a prayer. So the people then look to God and they said, Where is he? You know, they, we rebelled. The people rebelled. God punished the people. And now the people start looking to God and saying, where are you? Where is, where is our leader Moshe? Where's, where are you, the God that performed all of those miracles and led us out, out of Egypt? Now Isaiah turns to God and prays, Look down from heaven and see us, See us from your holy abode, your glorious place, where you where you reside. Where is that anger that you had against our tormentors and your power and strength? Where is your tremendous amount of love and 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 yearning for us? Uh, they they have been withheld from us. They're, we don't see them. Where are they? You are our forefather. Abraham doesn't know us. Abraham, our forefather, he's gone, long, long, long gone. We don't know him anymore. We can't turn to him. We can't. We can't turn to Moshe. He's gone. Be Israel lo yakiranu. And Israel, our forefather, Jacob, he doesn't know who we are. He's gone for generations. But you, God, are our Father. You are our Redeemer forever. You are with us for every generation. So we're asking you, God, to perform for us these miracles. We're asking you, God, to come like you did then. And remember, we had on numerous occasions, we had where Yeshayahu uh, pointed out how in the old days, in the Rishonos, in those old days, God was open with us. He showed us the miracles. It was clearly obvious that he was there. However, now he doesn't act that way anymore. Now he's hiding from us. And therefore, this leads into the next uh, chapter 7, the uh, verse 17. Why, God, do you make us stray from your ways? You turn our hearts away from fearing you. What does this mean that Ishayahu says, Why do you turn us away? I just, I'm going to use the explanation of the Radak here, who says that when, when we live in a world where God's presence isn't obvious, where good people suffer and the evil seem to get away with everything, where we don't see God. So all of this, what we just talked about before, in the days of the, of the, of the redemption from Egypt, from the exodus from Egypt, it was obvious. God fought for us. He was open. The miracles were open. It was easy for us to follow, but now God has made it much more difficult, much more difficult, because we don't see him. We don't know that he's there. We don't see his miracles anymore. So therefore he prays, Shuv l'man avadecha, he continues in verse 17, Return to us for the sake of your servants, Shiftein achlasecha, the tribes the, 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 of people that are your inheritance. Limits are yarshu amkochecha, our enemies, they have, they have um, taken over your holy nation. They have become our bosses. Tsarenu, those people who torture us and make us suffer, bozasum mikdashecha, they have taken over your holy place. Hayinu me olam lomashaltabam. 
we have become as if we've, it's so long in this exile, we've become like a people that you've never been our ruler. It's been such a long time since we've seen your actions, God. It's as if you never called your name over us. If only you would finally just tear open the heavens and come down. So that the mountains will shake in front of you. This ends chapter 63. The power of this chapter and this prayer speaks for itself. Looking forward to studying chapter 64 together with you.